like my shirt? I'm a tropical rainer! <laughs> Who knows where a dream might lead? One wish may be all you need. And welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 437. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So, having just returned from the WW Radio 9th Anniversary Cruise and Star Wars Day at Sea on the Disney Fantasy, I find myself thinking of all the reasons why I once again not only enjoyed this cruise so much, but why I can't wait to go back again. And actually, there are so many more reasons than you might think to take your first, or next, vacation on a Disney cruise. So this week, we're going to discuss 10-ish reasons to take a Disney cruise. Whether you've never cruised before or have a fast pass to the Apollo brunch, we're going to share many different reasons and perspectives on how and why there is truly Disney magic at sea. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more updates, announcements, events, and more. So sit back Relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Within hours of stepping off the Disney Fantasy for our WDW Radio 9th Anniversary Cruise and Star Wars Day at Sea, I was beginning to have Disney cruise withdrawal symptoms. I was finding that there wasn't food always readily available at home, there were no chocolates on my pillows, I couldn't order three entrees at dinner, and the list went on and on and on. And in fact, I could think of a ton of reasons why I was I wish that I was still there and why I want to go back again and again and again and that was the catalyst for this week's show. And I thought that rather than just recap our events at sea, which we will do as well, I thought maybe we would talk about our 10-ish reasons why you, I'm talking to you, should take a Disney cruise. And whether you've never cruised before or wear your platinum castaway club lanyards all year long, there's going to be something here that's going to make you want to go or make you want to go back and soon. And joining me this week are a number of friends who are on this past week's cruise with me, and all who bring a little something different and a unique point of view to the discussion. So I truly believe in being a gentleman. So ladies first, I want to welcome to the show for the very first time, the lovely Mrs. Susan Passauer, all the way from beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. 
Well, gee, that was a really nice introduction, Lou. I've, I've never had somebody call me that before. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to call you lots of things. No, I'm kidding. Speaking yeah. <laughs> And next is, of course, the lovely uh, and wonderful friend of the show, sponsor of the cruise and so many other events as well. She is, of course... Becky Mankin from MEI Travel and MouseFanTravel.com. Wait, did you like just take some nice pills or something today? Because that was actually kind of nice. I, I listen, I'm trying. I'm turning over a new leaf because right, I want to go on, because because. I want to go on another cruise again. Yes, I know. I want to ask a quick question though. On that whole list of the food that you're missing, yes. was was the missing banana ice cream part of the list of what uh, you missed? So you're much? jumping way ahead. You're jumping I know. way ahead. I know. It actually was, think that was actually it. not my favorite thing I ate on the cruise. Wow. Yeah. Lots to talk about in food. Listen, listen. My, never mind. Anyway, yeah. also, I want to welcome to the show Mr. Michael Berrigan. Good evening, everyone. Back again. I think uh, you might remember Michael from such shows as Jock Lindsay's. I'm asking you because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, jo- I was on the Jock Lindsay show, and uh, also we did the recap a while back for the San Francisco Museum. Oh, my gosh. How long ago? Speaking of awesome events and great things to eat. And sourdough. Oh, the sourdough. And more sourdough. Oh, we got to go back. Jack, we got to go back. And also back on the show again is my friend all the way from beautiful downtown Utah, Jeremy Marks. Hey, hey. Yeah, downtown Utah. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you kinda, you can, you're, you're in the general area. Yes, <laughs> you can see. I clearly, like I said, I am. Uh, I'm having withdrawal symptoms. But it's been like three hours since my last meal, which is something that does not happen on the uh, on the Disney cruise. But I wanted you guys to come back for a couple of reasons. One, I, I miss seeing you guys and hanging out with you on the cruise. And like I said, in coming up with a list of ten ish plus so many more honorable mention reasons why you should take a Disney cruise, I think that you all bring something very unique to the table and discussion, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on here. So I want to jump into the list really in no particular order, but when I started putting together the list, I thought from a personal perspective, I thought about my family. You know, I think when you think of Disney cruise, you think of going with and as and surrounded by other families. And I think one of the reasons why, and for a lot of people, the reason that they choose to go on a Disney cruise is because they want to take the Disney World or the Disneyland experience and see what it's like at sea. And the reason why is because they want to take their kids and the kids' activities on board is really a big selling point for a lot of families. It's something that's a big attractor for a lot of families. I know that my kids you know, have sort of almost grown up on the Disney Cruise Line. My son, my son's first cruise was in the womb and then sort of started going to the nursery and the different, uh, the different kids clubs because there is something for kids of every age. And, Sue, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come on because you have three boys and obviously a lot of patients at home. But like my kids, you know, they are, are be, be, being able to – touch all the different levels of the clubs, right? There's the Oceaneers Club for ages 3 to 7, the Lab for 8 to 12, Edge from 11 to 14-ish, and then Vibe from 14 to 18. But in addition to the clubs, there's character meets, there's breakfast, there's things to do on Castaway Key. Talk to me a little bit about your experience as a parent and then your kids' experiences 
on board and some of the activities that they really enjoy doing. Well, you know, that's the one thing about the Disney Cruise Line that is so nice is the the age ranges that they make the clubs um, are very age appropriate. You don't have the, you know, the the nine and 10 year olds that are hanging out with the 12 year olds. Um, but then you have the ability sometimes if little brother wants to hang out with his 12 year old brother, I know in my case, I have a 10 and 12 year old and there were times when he didn't want to go to the little kids club. He wanted to go to the, the edge, which was kind of the, the in-between club. He could do that, but they're very, you know, the, the one thing about it that I like as a parent on the ship is that they're extremely safe. Um, you get on the ship the first day and you have three or four hours to go tour the clubs and see what the clubs are about. But after that, to say that a parent can't get in the door is an understatement. Um, you know, there's, you don't have to worry about your kids when you check them in the club. And and I think as a parent, that's one of the biggest concerns you have when you're on a ship. Um, is where am I putting my child? Um, As they get older, they do get the flexibility. I know when you get in the edge and vibe, um, if you think the kids are responsible, not as much vibe because vibe, they can come and go as they choose. Um, They access through a key card to get into the club and they use that same card to keep, to get out of it. So they know if they're in the club or if they're gone in case you're looking for them. Um, Edge, you can give them the ability to check in and check themselves out as they want. And you can also do that in the younger kids club. You can give them the ability to check themselves out. I know a lot of people don't do that, but you know, that that's one of the biggest things there, but they're programming for those kids in the activities that they have. Um, I just, I I know uh, our two youngest Nick and, and Roth spent a lot of time together in the Oceaneers club. Um, and then, you know, our other two, Marion and Reed spent a lot of time in edge together where, you know, they kind of felt like they were, uh, had grown up, you know, I think there were gender war games and dodgeball games and, you know, a number of things that they played in there. So it, it definitely runs the gamut on the offerings that they give the kids. And I think you touch on something really, really important as, as a fellow overprotective, admittedly parent, I will tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, that the first time I left my daughter with somebody else was on a Disney cruise. Don't tell my mother that because I let Disney Cruise Line watch my child before I let my mother do (laughs) do because I had that sense of security. I knew that when she walked in, she was going to get a magic band put on her. Only my wife or I could check her in, check her out. There was a secret code. There was no way she was going to step out of that room without it being me or my wife doing it. And and there was a, a, a huge fear taken away that I normally would have had. And I remember the first time that I went to go pick her up and she wanted to stay, which is something that you hear consistently from parents is that your kids are going to go into the kids club and not want to come out. I came out of the club, the kids club and I was like, well, now what do I do? Like I was so used to having my daughter with me all the time. I almost felt like I need to go to Meridian just because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. But you're right. In terms of the sense of security about leaving your kids there and the counselors are amazing and the staff is amazing. And the fact that we can go in as parents during the open houses and see what it's going to be like, right? Sort of get a lay of the land first. That that allayed a lot of initial fears as, as well. 
It does, because it's a, you know, it's a big ship. I, I can say after being on it seven days, I think by day six, I actually knew every every spot pretty much that you could go. But it does. It's, it's a big concern that you have. But then when you can get in it and see the activities they have and, you know, they bring in magicians and they bring in the characters and they bring in, uh, ma- you know, um, different projects and crafts and all of that. They're so age appropriate yeah. to each club. Um, that it's, it's just awesome to see. They bet I told somebody we went out to dinner one night. She was worried about having her son there for the first time. And I told her, and I said, relax. I said, I'm going to promise you something. When you go pick him up, he is going to beg you to come back the next day. He's going to beg you to bring him to the kids club. And she walked up to me the next day and she goes, you were exactly right. She goes, as soon as I checked him out, the first thing he did the next day was he kept asking me, when can I go back to the kids club? Yeah. And you're um, right. I'm sorry. The, the, the fact that they are, first of all, if you look, and I'm looking at the navigators right now. I took my navigators from every day. There's a huge grid showing you all the different kids activities, <clears throat> excuse me, by age, by club. And you're right. You know, from everything from the nursery to the Oceaneers Club where there's puzzle playtime and story time to sloppy science where they're learning and they're doing some, you know, they're making flubber and there's an open mic night, um, Disney animation, like you said, a magic show. The fact that you know that they're not just going in there and being plopped down in front of a movie screen or a video game screen is the thing that also really appeals to me as well. Exactly. You know, there are the activities. I mean, I, you know, hey, th- there was nothing you could beat more for my son than playing midnight dodgeball in Edge. <laughs> um, you know, I, I literally can say I don't think my two oldest, who were 12 and 15, I don't think they got back to the room before 1 a.m. any night. But you didn't. You never had any sort of concern or fear because you knew that there were counselors there. There was nowhere they can go and they were certainly responsible enough to, to be able to make their way back. They do. And and the other thing is that, uh, you know, is unique and is awesome with Disney is the wave phones. Um, Each cabin has two wave phones. I could easily at night stick those in my two boys pockets because I knew they had the freedom to come and go out of the club as they want. And I could reach them. It's basically a, a ship cell phone. I could call them and no matter where they were or, or, you know, what they were doing, they had a phone that I could instantly get in contact with them. Well, even better. Yeah. And, I, and this, I think, over the, is the past, maybe, Becky, you know, maybe the past two years or so, the um, the Disney Cruise Line app on the iPhone mm-hmm. is awesome. I, I, like, did I could, I just don't know how to chat using the one, two, three buttons, but being able to have your kid's name and then use the the free Wi-Fi to be able to chat with everybody in your stateroom or, or group messaging that was another thing, too, because I know that if they were going off, if they needed me, if I wanted to find out where they were going or checking themselves in and out, they could message you that that easily. Yeah, it's one of the best ways to communicate on board. And using that app, I know that it was kind of a neat step when they took to Wayphones because then you didn't have to use the whiteboards on your cabin door to leave messages for your kids and for each other. Um, moving to the Wayphone was a nice step, but then you had to carry this big bulky thing around that, like you said, chatting on it. 
was not meant for me because <laughs> I I could spell a a a a a really easily or b b b b b. But other than that, it was a little difficult. But now they have this app, being able to not only communicate and chat, but to also see um, all the activities that are going on on board, so you don't miss anything. Uh, being able to set up those group communications to say, hey, weren't we all going to go to the mixology at two o'clock? And being able to um, to communicate that way, it's been a huge step forward. Well, and I think. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, was going to say it made it a lot easier to communicate with people. And unfortunately, uh, it took like two or three days before we realized we could do group messaging rather than send the same message to multiple people. But yeah, it's, it made a big difference over the other cruises. I was just happy when I discovered that they had Star Wars and Marvel emoji. So I was just <laughs> emojiing everybody the entire time. They did? Oh. Yes. Yeah, the oh, missed, uh, you missed there was oh. Star Wars and Marvel and, and there's like four or five. Pixar was in there, yeah. The the funny part would be when your phone gave you the notice, if you weren't in the navigator app, you would get these great like say you did a, a mad <laughs> Thor, it would come up and say, Where are you? Mad Thor emoji. It would it would describe it. It wouldn't actually show the emoji, so it was quite comical to see how those would be explained. Didn't okay, you know I that go I back? I gotta go back. I, I need to see these, so I need to go back. Those little white puffy things. Those are like thinking of you things. Those. That's the emoji I was sending you. Did you not understand where that was coming? No. No. <laughs> hey, so I, I, those things me. didn't seem to arrive, Lou, and I'm actually <laughs> happy. It took me five days to find the group function. So. <laughs> Yeah, big improvement. We could, you know, I could almost add the uh, the Disney Cruise Line app to the list because I think it's and, and having been on other cruise lines where they I haven't seen the same type of thing. I think the app, you no longer need the paper navigator. You no longer need to figure out what is on the menu, what excursions are available, information about the port, shopping activities that you can filter by age range, by adults, by kids, wherever they were. I think the app is really, really, really um, very well done. The only thing I would love to see is if you book a port excursion, I'd love to see that port excursion show up in the uh, in the Disney Cruise Line app, yeah, which I think, are, I think is are, coming. Sorry. There are also some other uh, cruise lines that have similar apps. I've used them on other cruise lines, but they're not nearly as refined as the Disney one. It, it was nice and slick. It worked well, and it would be nice to see if they could possibly in the future add uh, voice functionality, which I have seen on other cruise ships. But that being said, it has not worked great on the other cruise ships I've been on. But that would be a nice functionality to add down the road, too, if they could. That oh, would, so uh, doing like a, some voice over IP with, kind of thing? What's that? Like a voice over IP kind of call yeah, it, being able to call each other. Yeah. So, Becky, I think this is a good uh, this is a good way to segue because you know historically we understand that that you know while you while you like kids to a certain degree, you also <laughs> prefer adult activities. I think for a lot of people, they hear Disney Cruise, they go, "Ah, oh, I don't want to go on because it's nothing but a bunch of you know kids all over the place and Mickey Mouse everywhere." And I think another reason why you should go on a Disney Cruise, and I think we can all speak to this is because of the adult activities and the opportunities to go and be an adult outside of where the kids are. You know, Sue, you said all the kids have sort of age-appropriate areas for them to go. Well, so do the adults. You know, the adults have an adult pool, a swim-up bar. Mm -hmm. There's the census spa, Cove Cafe, diversions. There's tastings. There's mixology. There's adults-only restaurants. And look, I mean, you know, Jeremy... And Michael, you guys don't have kids, and yet you come on the cruise together because of all of the adult-specific activities that you can do without having to worry about, you know, kids all over the place. 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of it for uh, my wife and I. I think one of the things Disney does really well is the design of the boat, too. Uh, the adult areas are pretty well policed. You don't have a – I mean, you'll have the occasional kid passing through to go through to, like, the areas on Deck 11 up there and such. But it's pretty well policed. Policed is the wrong term. But I feel like the same size boat I've been on comparable – that you feel like there's a lot less kids on a Disney boat because there's so many activities for both the kids and the adults. Well, one of the things that sets it apart, Disney Cruise in particular, is that they don't have a casino on board, which you do see on other cruise ships. So people come to me and say, so there's kids everywhere on the Disney cruise ship. I'm an adult and I just want to go because I'm a, a big Disney fan and I want the magic of Disney and to, um, to have a cruise that has that whole Disney branding of the look and feel and the, um, the customer relations and so forth. But on a Disney cruise ship, they don't have a, a whole deck that's full of casino like other cruises. So those have turned into the kids clubs. And in that regard all of that space is used for all the kids so you actually sometimes see less children on a disney cruise than you will on other cruise ships which is kind of nice but like you said there are so many spots for adult escapes like uh, the entertainment districts and the cove cafe and paulo and remy for adult dining there's a lot of choices and a lot of activities too like we were seeing when we were on board like the mixology classes and the tastings and the cooking classes things that were just targeted to adults as well so while it is primarily focused on the family, you do have a lot of great options to spend a three, four, seven, 14 night uh, vacation if you're just adults who love the Disney brand. Yeah, and I think you made a couple of good points, which is one, you would think that the ship is 50% kids and 50% adults and and not at all. I mean, I I mean, I think there was, it seemed to be so many more adults and, and couples and solo travelers than there were necessarily lots of kids and there were so many nights that we weren't necessarily in the tube or in O'Gills or Ulala where it, you, it's your you know sort of bar environment one of my favorite evenings was sitting at the Cove Cafe having a cup of coffee after dinner or sitting up in the adult pool area late night just chatting among friends or going up to currents wherever it may be and sitting out on deck where not like you were trying to avoid kids but it was nice to be able to just sit and have some adult time, whereas if you went midship, that's where all you know the families would necessarily be. So I think, Michael, you make a great point about it's not sort of a blocked-off area where kids, you know, there is somebody standing there policing, but the way they design the ship really sort of separates the adult and kids' areas and the family sections very, very well without it being sort of in a, in a threatening kind of way. And, Lou, also to mention with that is... The adult areas are much larger than people think about. We had the Deck 11 area that we'd go hang out in, but we also really didn't go up to the Deck 12 or even to the very front of the ship, which is just adults. You have the area up at the, air, up at the front where you can overlook the front of the ship. We didn't go up there very much because of wind, but there's a whole other section up there that the kids will not ever get up to, where they may, you, they may pass you by in Deck 11 when they're going to the other areas. I mean, yeah, that there is so much open space too in the adult areas too. Like you never feel crowded. The boat itself never feels completely crowded unless one of the big major events is going on, like in the center by the funnel vision. But the boat itself, just in general, never feels crowded. The adult area never felt too crowded, even though I'm guessing the boat was pretty much sailing at capacity. You never feel like there's too much of any group. So it's just it's nice and wide and open. I do. I think they spread it out so much, the adult areas. I think they spread it out so much uh, uh, 
around the levels of the ship that you're exactly right. You never felt like you were intruding on someone you had. You always had room for your space to go have that drink. Or uh, there was one night, I think we were actually in one of the bars, ooh la la, and it was just us. It was just our group. There wasn't another soul in there. And I think about an hour later, two people walked in. (laughs) They looked at our group and then kept on walking. But you're right. How many evenings did we see that happen? I mean, guys, like whether it was we were in the Cove Cafe at night, it wasn't crowded. Sitting up on deck later on, it wasn't crowded. Ooh la la. Some of the other locations, I never felt as though, like the tube never felt jam-packed none of those venues ever felt overly crowded and it, and the ship obviously you know the, the ship is a big ship but there was a lot of people on board and i never felt that way in the adult areas and i think you you, you guys made a good point about how well spread out it really is yeah, yeah they did they did a great job when they um came up with the design of this ship because it does uh kind of spread out the different people in different areas and you can still enjoy a really great cocktail in one of several locations. So you don't really feel like you're very crowded in any location except for, like you mentioned, Michael, uh, when, when one major thing is going on, like the cell, uh, the sail away celebration, everyone's trying to be in one spot. Um, that's kind of rare when that happens, but that's when you really do kind of feel how many people are on the ship. And then they all go somewhere for seven days, and you don't see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you if you want to not see somebody, it's very easy because the ship is so big. But I, I want to sort of you know, sort of the, thir- the the third thing on my list was that <clears throat> excuse me, beyond that, it isn't <clears throat> sorry, it is not just for families, right? So Berrigan, you guys are are couples with no kids. Jeremy, talk about <clears throat> sorry. Jeremy, talk about going on the cruise solo. Yes, I know we were part of of a group, but you know whether traveling to Walt Disney World solo or coming on the cruise solo or going on a cruise together with no kids, you know it's a very different type of experience. But you never ever feel as though you are alone or isolated because of the way they do dining, because of the way that they do the different activities. Can you guys speak to that a little bit? Uh, I guess for my wife and I. Uh... With us, it's at the point, this is my 10th Disney cruise, this past Star Wars cruise. And for us, it's more about being with a group of friends and those good dining experiences and, you know, the ability, even though it's Disney and it's a wonderful brand, like we were saying in the previously, you're not crowded. You can find those nice little spots to go off in a corner and just relax and nobody's going to bother you. The boat never feels too crowded. Like, we, we had the spa package. We would wander into the spa, wander the boat. It's just... For us, it's just about relaxing, having some good food and drinks with friends. I mean, it was a Star Wars cruise, but that wasn't our overriding factor for why we decided to go. It was more being with our friends and just we know the quality of the boat. We know what you're going to get, and that, that's what we look for. Good food, drinks, and good time with friends. And the Disney experience makes that very easy to be had. Yeah, like uh, Michael was saying, it, it, this is a Disney ship itself. So even if you're running solo, like I do, I'm usually with friends when I'm on the when I'm doing the 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 cruises. But everybody there is a person that has an interest in Disney in some way, whether it's the parks or history or anything else. You have people you can talk to at the dinners or around the adult areas if you want. I like to sit back. I like to read. Just enjoy things the way that it is so it's it's always enjoyable to run solo on these things because you will meet new people with different interests and you can learn a lot from them also and just 
make new friends. Yeah, I mean, you you have the time and the opportunities to to be alone if you want, but certainly, like you said, there's plenty of opportunities. And Disney does a great job, I think, of encouraging people to meet each other and make new friends along the way, even outside of your immediate family or traveling party. Yeah, I think that's like on this cruise, I can definitely say we made several new friends that we will definitely keep in touch with and probably see in the relative near future. It's the just a group environment that we were in. We got to meet people like we'd heard the, about these people and everybody just came together. And I, I seriously must say we probably made several new friends on this cruise and it was great. Yeah. The, uh, the adult programming on the ship was incredible. That I, I met so many new people just by going to the different activities they had. I mean, I probably spent three to four hours a day just in adult areas or doing adult-related things that, you know, I'm sure they have across all the lines, but the way they ha- – you wouldn't have thought you were on the Disney ship sometime. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, especially in places like, you know, Census Spa and, you know, some of the other locations, uh, I agree. But I want to move on to, you know, the the 800-pound <clears throat> delicious chocolate elephant in the room because how have we not talked about food yet? And I think food is on the top of the list – for a lot of people, and I'm waving my hands uncontrollably as if you could see me. Uh, I, I think the food, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree, I think the food on the Disney ship is surprisingly outstanding. I think people think, oh, it's Disney, it's going to be nothing but chicken nuggets and hamburgers every day, and it's going to be awful, but that's okay. My kids want to go on a Disney cruise. The food, I think, is excellent. I think there are high-end options as well in, in, in places like Palo and Remy. Uh, I think there is lots of food. Like all the time, my only thing, I would love to see some after midnight um, locations up on deck because I'm a late night snacker and and I know that you can get room service. But between the rotational dining and the different options, I mean, even the quality of the food at places like Cabana's, I think really is a surprise to a lot of people. Um, You know, Becky, then Sue and Jeremy and and Michael, uh, talk about your, your thoughts in terms of the food on board. I would say that it really is um, up there with what you would see on the uh, more luxury lines. You do get a lot of good food on board a Disney cruise. That's one of the places besides the kids programming that you can tell that they've really focused a lot of their effort and energy on is to bring a good um, F&B experience on board. Between the theming and the rotation and like you said, having that – that scale between going up on deck and yeah, if you want to find chicken nuggets and pizza, that's available to you, but you can also have a five diamond dining experience in Remy, if you would like, or a brunch that you feel like you need to be rolled out of. And then you don't want to eat for like four more days after you've eaten a brunch at Remy. There's a lot of options. I want to just stop for a second because we've, you know, we've dined in Palo before a number of times on this cruise. We've been in Remy before and we've said, you forget that you not only are at sea, you forget that you are in a Disney restaurant. When yeah. I was in Remy, I felt as though I was in the highest end, you know, French restaurant somewhere, like in France, as opposed to a Disney version of a French restaurant at sea. I mean, the food is that good. The wine selections are, are, are that good. I mean, if you want a thousand dollar bottles of wine, they have them there. If you want very, very elegant dining, it is available on a Disney cruise. And I think people, Becky, don't think about that. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think in best Disney World fan um, way to, of putting it is it's the closest thing to like a Victorian Albertson. It really is that level of an experience on board a ship, which you forget. You're really right. You're sitting there and you've got these wonderful people waiting on you and they're, you're drinking some of the best wines that are paired with some of the best foods and the flavors. It really is something for everybody on board the ship. And I'll add on that, we actually at our table had um, some people that had dietary restrictions, um, whether it be gluten-free. The level of detail that they put into making sure that they had the most enjoyable meal every night along with us at the rest of the table was incredible. Um, You can look at the meals they ate in comparison to the variety of the meals that they gave, you know, everyone else at the table that had no restrictions and could order the three appetizers and four entrees and three desserts. And it was there for them as well. Um, like my, my wife is gluten-free and the way they catered to her was unbelievable. She let them know ahead of time before we sailed that she was uh, gluten-free. And even on the first day they had her, they put the gluten-free bread right down in front of her. Like every day they brought her the menu for the next day, let her pre-order for the next day. They offered to make her anything she wanted, gluten-free pasta, this or that. And every day she had the same dining experience as we did. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing I loved was there were a couple nights where people, we wanted things like they wanted escargot. Escargot wasn't on the menu. And if you give them the heads up the next day, be it whatever you want. If you just give them the heads up, They'll prepare it and bring it out to you. And they don't just bring you out one dish. It was one night where my, my son wanted escargot. They brought him out three plates of it the following night. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, it, it the, the level of service at, at their dining experiences is, is second to none. And to that point, before, I, before Michael and Jeremy go, and you guys are, are knowing where I'm going to go with this because you, you were sitting at our table with us. To that point about going above and beyond, and we'll talk about service because I think that's another reason to go as well. But the very first night of the cruise, one of the people at my table started talking with our servers who were from India about their love of Indian food. And they said, hey, would you guys like some Indian food brought to the table as well? We're like, yeah, sure. Why not? They're like, when do you want it? We're like, whatever. They're like, all right, we'll bring it for you tomorrow. Guys, and I've, I've not eaten a lot of Indian food. They brought out... Three or four bowls of I don't remember was it the first night was it the butter chicken and the first lamb and chicken. the it was amazing and they said oh do you guys like it I said yeah this is incredible thanks so much they're like all right we're gonna keep bringing it out for you every single night and for the next five or six evenings they brought us out different Indian selections. In addition to our regular meal, like we <laughs> ate twice, we had two dinners at dinner, but Second it was the dinner. fact. It was the fact that they knew that we enjoyed it. They were ecstatic that we were enjoying food from where they were from and experiencing their culture and they can share it with us. And the food was outstanding, number one. Like now we're all of a sudden like we got home. We're like, all right, we need to find the local Indian restaurant. The food was outstanding, but the service that comes with the food was beyond compare. Yeah, I think the team that we had at our table this trip was probably out of my 10 Disney cruises, far and away the best team I've ever had. Just between the Indian food, on the second day when they brought us that Indian food, 
they literally had a menu planned out for the whole week. On the second day, they told us what we were going to be eating for the second Indian dinner every single night for the last day of the cruise, including rice. They did uh, fresh naan bread. They had uh, desserts every night for us, and the, the service was unbelievable. And was, I believe the second or third night, the chef actually came out, and like I felt like I wanted to give the guy a standing ovation. The food was just spectacular. The service, it, beyond compare. And and I heard that they had done similar a couple of other tables. They had a similar type of experience. Like that was not something just for us. Yeah. Other people talked to their service about it, and they were ecstatic to ask the chef to make something special for them. They definitely went above and beyond when it came down to that. Like Michael said, every night they'd say, "Okay, here's what we're going to prepare for you tomorrow night, just to get us ready to eat more food." <laughs> and I'll be honest, Lou. I was there was not a time on that cruise that I was not hungry or that I, that I was hungry. I'm not hungry, but I, that I was hungry. I, cause I knew that dinner was going to be an absolute feast of amazing food from the normal menu. And then the Indian food that was going to be coming out one night though, with one of the desserts, we had two large bowls of a rice, uh, dessert from them. That was fantastic. Oh, man. And then we looked down, we saw that second bowl and all of us were full that we took it to another table and said, yeah. You guys are going to love this. And they polished it off. Yes, thank you. We did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So very quickly, go around the horn. Best dining experience on the Disney Fantasy. Sue, Becky, Mike, Jeremy, go. Uh, Palo Brunch. Uh, uh, that's all I can say. I, I will never miss that on any Disney cruise line I ever take. <laughs> Sing it, girlfriend. Uh Hollow brunch followed second no, only, no, no. only by the chocolate souffle at dinner. Okay. See, I got to get that in there. It's chocolate goodness and yummy, desserty stuff. Very Yum. good. Well, I have to, I have to say, uh, even though I didn't do it on this cruise, I'll always say Remy. But for this cruise, definitely it was the butter chicken night with the Indian oh. food, fresh naan bread. The butter chicken, I think, was the high point of the Indian food, and it was all spectacular. And oh, also, think- honorable mention to the Indian dessert that we don't know what it's called. We had the last night that we did not share. Oh, oh man. Yes. Good Gandhi. That was good stuff. <laughs> wow. They were like Krispy Kreme donut balls floating in sugar water. <laughs> I what they're called, though. It was, they were amazing. I'm glad you brought that up so I don't have to use that. Um, I would probably say the Apollo lunch, the brunch that we had on the very first uh, sea day, it was an incredible way to start the cruise. Yeah, I, oh. I hate to sort of, you know, uh, Palo Brunch is hard to get away from. Look, and I will tell you something. I, I love Cabanas for breakfast, right? I love eating up on Deck 11 late night and getting a spicy chicken sandwich or a slice <laughs> of pizza. But the Palo Brunch and from the presentation to the service to the multiple courses that you get. I mean, we and every time that we went, we were like the first ones in and the last ones out. Like it literally is a two to three hour brunch. If it's not at least three hours, you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point with the Apollo brunch. You're supposed to go in and have your appetizer, order your breakfast, have a little bit more of the appetizer, order your lunch, and then have dessert. So, But three... you also forgot about the, the flatbread pizzas. And, right. So, I mean, yes. it literally is like a five or six course brunch and bellinis and coffee. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. It is absolutely. I think Remini, uh, Remini, I think Remy is one of the overall best meals I have ever had anywhere mm-hmm. on planet Earth. And that's not an exaggeration. Maybe it was the wine pairing talking. I don't know. But 
Um, I love, love, love Paulo. Um, okay, I Lou, love- here's an interesting question for you, though. Since um, we're talking food and the, the top place to eat or food, for families that can't make it to Paulo or Remy because of small children or whatever, what was the highlight food for you from the normal restaurants? So I think if I had to rank the, the three rotational dining restaurants, it would be Animators, Enchanted Garden, and Royal Court. Um, I think Animators, I think the, the atmosphere and the ambiance and the show and the story that goes with that makes it a, a favorite for almost every guest. I also do like Enchanted Garden. I, I have a, uh, an ongoing love affair with the tuna and avocado towers, with mm-hmm. they, which they brought to us, again, every single night. Um, and then, you know, Royal Court would probably be the third on the list, and it's not saying anything against that restaurant. I think it's maybe the theming of the other, other restaurants that I enjoy a little bit more. And we also had a really special menu for the Star Wars Day at Sea as well which was one of the best menus I think I've ever experienced. Visually, like visually one of the best menus. Visually, yes, but the food was really good too. That the they had a chicken um dish that I was trying to crispy chicken what it was. Yes, a it, crispy it was chicken Obi-Wan's dish. Obi-Wan's crispy chicken. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was really 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 good. So there was a ton of stuff on that menu that I think I ordered two or three of two or three appetizers and a couple other things just to, of course, you've got to do it for research purposes only, right? And it was a really good menu. I, that's I wish- what I'm saying. Like, the food is surprisingly good. It's certainly abundant. And, you know, we, we say half-jokingly, but you can walk in there, and we always do, saying, I want these two appetizers. I want to try these two entrees. And like, give me a sample of these two desserts. And they do it. You know, they, they do it willingly. Yeah. Uh, you let let somebody loose on there that can eat a um, a kitchen sink in two point five minutes, and I think this is going to lose some money. <laughs> well, their their attitude seems to be why choose, just just get them yeah. both, yeah, and, and you're good. Yeah. And you can always ask for like if there's two entrees, and I you do this in Paulo all the time at dinner, and just say, you know what, can I just get a tasting tasted version of this, like some of the gnocchi or something? And they're always happy to bring out just a little dish of something if you want to just give it a try. Yeah. They did do that because I love scallops, and any night there was scallops on the menu, they would bring me out a little dish on the side because she remembered I like scallops. That's really and that, neat. you hit it right on the head, Sue. They remember. They know oh, they exactly who sits where, what you want to drink, how you like your soup or your steak or whatever it may be. And what, however it is that they train the staff there, I, I think is exceptional. And that's what makes the dining such a, a pleasant surprise. They don't seem I, to forget anything yeah. ever. <laughs> I'd almost say it goes good beyond ones. that, Lou. Yeah, I was going to say, Lou, it could go even beyond that because we never sat in the same seats at our tables Yet, Sam was still able to remember where everybody was going to be at and have our drinks out to us right away. Yep. And he rem- the same way you remember his name, he remembers yours. Yes. Yeah. So I want to I move and segue as we're talking about dining experiences and high-end dining experiences. I think that's something else that really surprises a lot of people is the fact that high-end experiences, <laughs> Becky, we're looking at you, are available <laughs> On the Disney Cruise Line, and I don't just mean Remy and Paulo in terms of dining, but in terms of the staterooms that are available, the concierge-level service that is there, mm-hmm. the cabanas on Castaway Key. So, Becky, touch on you know sort of the, the higher-end experiences that are available there. 
Yeah, it's really wonderful on all the ships, except for one right now. They do have a concierge lounge. And I have a feeling that the Wonder is going to get one as well. But now the Dream, the Fantasy, and the Magic all have concierge lounges. The lounges are open generally from 7 a.m. to about 10 p.m. And throughout the day, they have snacks available to you, continental breakfast. Uh, right before each of the dining services, you can get free wine and beer and mixed cocktails uh, so that you can have your cocktail before you go. The rooms, the, the state rooms are amazing. And when you think about a concierge level, some people think, well, it's got to be that huge, you know, big, huge suite and I can never afford it. But they actually have um, standard, uh, like the family size state rooms at 263 square feet, all the way up to 883 for the royal suites. But that's not including the balcony because that boy with the balcony, I think is runs around 1600 or so. There's something for everybody there. You can go in and have ease of use of, um, on embarkation day, you can show up at any time. They put you into a little lounge area and then they walk you on first. So you're one, some of the first people on, um, there's also a, a private sun deck area that you can access. So there's always a chair available in the sun for you if you'd like. The staff, the concierge staff is amazing. They're much like the servers. It, and again, the experience is all about the cast members. If it wasn't for the cast doing the job that they do for us, it wouldn't be such a great experience. It's all about how the cast treats you. And the, um, the lounge folks are amazing. They will go bend over backwards for anything you need, be it uh, one of the activities that you haven't booked yet. They'll see what they can do. They are uh, very attentive to your families and the kids that when they're in the lounges, they're extremely attentive with them, sitting down and coloring with them and so forth. It gives the parents a little bit of a break, which is kind of nice. Um, they do a lot of different special dining opportunities as well that you might be able to get your hands on that you might not be able to get. For example, if you were staying in one of the Royal Suites, Paulo can actually be de be delivered to your stateroom, which is kind of nice. If you're in uh, a one bedroom or in one of the Royal Suites, you can also have any of the main dining um, menus delivered to your stateroom, which for those who kind of want a, a peaceful, relaxing evening in their, uh, in their suite, they can have their um, uh, their meals delivered, which is kind of nice. There's just a whole another step up in the services you're already getting on a Disney cruise, which is amazing already. Yeah, and I've watched. I, I've watched you interact, and, and you tell them, look, don't make eye contact with me. Just put the food wow. down. Wow. And you're, you know, they're really- <laughs> Are you kidding like, me? Yeah, you're, it, that's awesome. So that, that's <laughs> Wow. No, that does not happen whatsoever. However, <laughs> Don't this make is something, eye contact with me. <laughs> are you kidding me? Anyway. It's like looking into things. the eyes of Medusa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's that's what you're going to take away from this right here. This is you wow. you will pay for this. All right, there's one thing though that's Man. brand new. There's one thing that's brand new that a lot of people may not be aware of, but they are now doing priority disembarkation as well. So your um the concierge folks will actually escort you off the ship and pass the long line. So it's it's another um benefit of staying at the concierge level. And yes, I look at them and speak <laughs> with them and they're friends and they're great people. So hush. <laughs> So I want to I want to move along to uh, to oh, the I next. Oh, I bet you should. I thought that would be a great time for you well, to move I, on along. Because I think we've been talking about <laughs> we've been talking about individual activities for kids. We've been talking about individual activities 
for adults. We've been talking about some of the higher-end dining experiences, but I think what's important to note too, and I think, Sue, we probably see this a lot with our own children, is, you know, the kids will go off and do their things, whether they're, you know, going to the kids' club or they're doing activities, and we'll sometimes get together for meals, but we also get together a a number of times throughout the day and the evening because family-friendly and family-centered activities really, I think, is sort of the hallmark of what the day and the night surrounds. So whether it's getting together on Deck 11 to go in the pool or ride the aqueduct or there's dance parties and family game night and there's the family pool and mini golf and movies and, and, you know, you you meet up for dinner and then you go to the show and then sometimes you separate your own way. There's the fireworks at sea. I think the family activities that they have – And not just sitting down and and watching a show passively, but going into places like D-Lounge and doing some of the, you know, see how well you know your family. And some of the other interactive games are a lot of fun. It is amazing what you can find out about who runs families' households (laughs) in those game lounges. Why did it surprise you that my daughter said she runs the household? I could have told you that. It, it was. It was actually. I don't think it was your face. It was Deanna's face that was was priceless when she announced herself as the boss of the house. It, it was wonderful. But no, there is there. There are some great family activities that you know. Let I hate to say it. Let you go in and just be goofy. Um, you know whether it's the competition games with the the going against another parent or grandparent games like that. There's bingo. Um, you know on this cruise. There were movies. There, movies abounded that you could go enjoy as a family. I mean, of course, I think they showed all seven Star Wars films um, while we were on board. But, you know, you, you hit it. I mean, they, they cover the gamut on everything that they need to provide to give you that family experience that lets you interact with your kids, um, whether it be from riding the aqueduct to play in a game to play in bingo um, you know, or just go and enjoy a movie at night. Yeah, and I want to also, you know, to that point, I, I want to start moving along because there's a couple of ones I really want to spend some time on. I think if you have done a Disney cruise before, and, and Becky, we alluded to this before, you know, this was not just our, our sort of the ninth anniversary of the show and a group celebration, but this was a special event, and there are special event cruises. So this was Star Wars Day at Sea. This was the third of, I think, six or eight that they're going to do this year. But you can also go on a Disney cruise during the holidays, right? And the holidays isn't just, you know, Christmas and New Year's. They've got um, the Halloween on the high seas. They've got the, the very, what is it, the very merry time cruises that have, like, tree lightings and, and di- Christmas time characters and Santa Claus on there. They even do stuff for Thanksgiving and New Year's. There's special events on Castaway Key, like you could do a 5K. I mean, if you really want to sort of do something a little bit different, Things like Star Wars Day at Sea or some of the other cruises is a nice way to sort of, uh, you know, try something new, if you, especially if you've cruised before. Yeah, and October, Halloween sailings are extremely popular. It's on the list. They, well, okay, good for you. <laughs> our list, our group. Yes, list. exactly. I was um, Something to announce, maybe? Just checking? No, there's a lot of different um, opportunities, and a lot of families especially uh, get away not only for Halloween, but Thanksgiving's a big cruising date as well. Let somebody else cook for you, you know? 
uh, we find a lot of our families tend to go during um, Thanksgiving, a lot during New Year's as well. The holiday time is a great time to travel with your family and let somebody else cook and clean up after you basically when you when you cruise. So that uh, tends to be some pretty higher end in terms of demand as well. But And of course, when there's higher demand, the prices do tend to go a little bit higher as well. So I want to move on to something else, and we were we were going to have somebody else with us um, to to really speak to this. But one thing I think, and we've done shows about this in, in Walt Disney World as well, is if you have a family member or yourself has any type of special need, whether it is dietary, physical, whatever it might may be. The, the, the special needs accommodations on the Disney Cruise Line, I consistently hear over and over again. I saw it firsthand. We had some people that had special needs in our group. I saw firsthand just how not only accommodating they were, but really how far they went out of their way to make sure they not just had the best time possible, but to, as Disney always does, exceed expectations. Whether it was making sure that child had tickets to go and see their favorite characters that they might not have seen otherwise. What Disney does in terms of accommodations, Michael, you talked about, you know, Angelina being gluten-free, right? Worrying about her, uh, her, her menu without, uh, without her having to make any sort of special arrangements ahead of time. Uh, and I will tell you, to that point, too, sort of connected to that, I experienced something, unfortunately, but fortunately, that I never did before on the Disney Cruise Line. Um, Sue, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, without going into detail, and everybody's fine, it's no big deal, there was what you would consider to be a medical emergency on Deck 11 that necessitated somebody needing to go down on an immediate basis down to the infirmary. And I will tell you, knock on wood, I had, I had never seen it before. I had only envisioned in my mind what it might look like. Sue, you were with me. You know the type of experience that we had when we got there. First of all, the infirmary looks like a modern hospital. It's beautiful. It's modern. It's well-staffed. But the staff, and especially the doctor and the attending nurse there, were, I was blown away at just how exceptional the service was not just the medical service, but the service that the individual caregivers gave to the patient and the family members. If every emergency room could operate the way that facility did, um, healthcare wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> yeah. It, it was their attention to detail. I mean, wanting to make sure they got everything right, making sure that the, the patient was comfortable, that we understood what was going on. And not only that, planning it out before they let them go to make sure that they were going to be able to enjoy the rest of their cruise. Not just, oh, well, if you have a problem, come back. They made sure the necessary medications and things were in place where they didn't have to interrupt their cruise again. I mean, we were in and out of there in an hour. Yeah. Like in an hour, and granted, it's not like a regular ER where there's ambulances coming in and out, but that's just how well done and how efficient. Look, you know, you obviously never want anything bad to go wrong health-wise when you're on a cruise. If it were to happen, you want it to happen on the ship. 
You know, you don't want to happen on a tender going out to Grand Canyon. Right. You don't want right. to happen two hours away at the ruins in Tulum somewhere where you don't know what's going to happen. You know, if they needed to get her off the ship, they're like, look, if we need to helicopter her out, we've got two heliports. Like, we can make it happen. But it didn't need to be. They had enough, they had more than adequate facilities there to address the situation, to remedy it. And like you said, they followed up afterwards too. Uh, and we even saw the doctor on board later on. And, and I cannot say enough good things about the facilities and staff. And that's really awesome. I, I do want to throw in a plug that that's things do happen when you're on vacation, things that you don't anticipate happening when you're on vacation. And it's always a good thing to think about that little thing called travel insurance, because even your the medical insurance you have through your company probably does not cover you outside of the United States borders. So anything that you do on board the ship or if you are on a tender and something happens or out in Tulum, um, those expenses would be totally on yours. So always think about that when you are booking your vacation. Consider travel insurance for those things that may happen. And, and Becky, to add on to that, the importance of people to have passports and not oh, yeah. birth certificates not when they sail. Exactly. You know, they, they never think it can happen to them. But, you know, the importance of a passport is, is incredible. And here's a here's a good example. On board the ship, if it was an after hours emergency call, thank you know the Lord that it happened during the day and everything was fine for you guys. Um, I think that at this point, the uh, the cost to visit after hours is like a thousand dollars. Well, I know that they said that they have they have three shifts of doctors and nurses. I mean, there there are there's trained medical staff. I mean, there was actually a, a oh, yeah. you know, an ER physician there as well as the, and the attending nurse was amazing as well. So, um, I, great I'm, to know. yeah, you know, you don't want to have to experience it, but for those of you, especially if maybe you are traveling with special needs and you're wondering what, if something happens, um, the facilities there are, are exceptional. And you can always, if you always have a concern, you can always go down ahead of time, maybe too, and even, uh, talk to them, you know, what if, you know, something happens. But uh, we were talking about tenders and Cozumel and Grand Cayman and some of the places that we were. I think the excursions on the Disney Cruise Line is another reason to go. And look, cruises run from three to 14 plus days. So there's a there's a duration and a destination that is good for you. And I will tell you that in the past, I normally don't do shore excursions. I like to go off, like, do a little exploring. I like to spend time normally on the ship because everybody else is getting off and it's great aqueduct time and pool time and rainforest room and tile <laughs> chair time. But because Disney has such strict guidelines for the tour companies that they work with, you know automatically that you have that sort of insulation and security and protection that you would expect from Disney, right? They're very, very family-friendly whether you go into St. Martin or Key West or Grand Cayman or Cozumel and, I mean, some of the other dozen or so destinations that they go to. We took an excursion in Cozumel, which is one of the first ones I've taken in years, and we had the best time ever. We did a, a quick trip to the ruins. We did a, went to a chocolate, um, uh, the, the Mayan chocolate factory, did like a little Mexican fiesta. Of course, there was food involved, a little bit of shopping, it was the perfect excursion for us. It was completely family-friendly. We never felt unsafe at any point along the trip, and I was really, really impressed um, having taken my first, you know, other than the ones we took in Alaska, uh, my first excursion 
Um, although I will say, if we could do a seven-day cruise that went to Castaway Key twice, maybe Key West once, that is like my ideal wish cruise. <laughs> I don't need to go anywhere else. And you know what? I think Castaway Key is a reason why a lot of people go. Right? And if you want to do excursions there, there's biking and sailing and fishing and snorkeling. There's a teen area, a kids area, an adult area, the cabanas. Um, I'm perfectly happy happy just going to Castaway Key like two or three times. That would be the ideal itinerary, wouldn't it? Leave Port Canaveral, go out and spin around a couple of times, hit um, Castaway Key, go back out, come back to Castaway Key, go back out, go to Key West, go back to Castaway Key. I'd be great with that. I, but I will say, this is my this is my dream, right? Is that if we okay. go to Castaway Key, and you stay there overnight, and oh. you you get to you go you can go you can stay on the island. They do like bonfires <laughs> and barbecues and do all kinds of cool stuff. You go back on the ship, you know, by like nine ten o'clock, and then tomorrow the next morning, bang, you're right there already. I'm overnight, the mo- Castaway the Key. Mo- I know what's going to happen. The moment they announce that, you're going to be just texting me. Don't like even text 5 me. Just don't morning. even text me. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Um, right. Jeremy no and, and Michael, Sue, you guys got off, um, and you, as, as I think you always do when you get on Castaway Key. Is that not like the most relaxing place on the planet? That was our most perfect day, if you ask me, on, on the entire cruise. Uh, the was. weather was what it was 75 degrees i think it had a nice cool breeze but the sun was still out you still could get a tan you know i know a lot of us got off and did the 5k that morning and it was a beautiful shady run for 95% of the run you couldn't have asked for a better day on castaway key i mean the the conditions were just spot on yeah, we got off the ship and it was, okay, we need to find a place to go set ourselves down, get ready for the day. But like Sue was saying, it was an incredible day. The, there was no clouds out there, bright blue sky, and the water looked comfortable, did not go into it, but everybody else said it was really enjoyable. It's just the most relaxing time was on that island throughout the cruise. And there was concern leading up to it that we might not get in, so... When we finally did dock, walked off that boat, the temperature was perfect. We found the perfect spot in the sun and the shade. It was the perfect day. We couldn't have asked for a better day. I I, I agree. I will tell you that on this trip, that day on Castaway Key was one of the best days I've had ever. I would do that just over and over again. I I think what also makes it so convenient, too, is you walk directly off the boat onto the beach. There's no customs, there's no tender, there's no port security. You literally walk off the boat and you sit down on the beach. And you couldn't ask for more than that. So the the last thing on my list, you know, we, I've been sort of leading up to this uh, because I think all these things very much tie into it. And I think one of the things that we have found, and I think this is the sixth time that we've done this, uh, and I think that you guys will all agree with me because this is not your first time. Going with a group, as we have done in the past, is so much better than going alone. Whether you're a family traveling alone, a couple traveling alone, even a small you know, group of, of friends. I think that the, the, uh, we've gotten so fortunate you know, with the people that we've had. Such a good group of people. Such a great community of people. Um, and we've had groups that have ranged from 100 people to 500 people. I mean, I think this was sort of an ideal size that we had on this trip. 
but being able to cruise with other people that you know are like-minded, you have so much in common. If you want to be alone, you can be alone, but you know you're going to make additional friends while you're there. Um, Jeremy and Michael and Sue and Becky, tell me about the experience of of going as a group because for me you know obviously i love it and i and i i'm more of an observer and i'm watching the relationships form but i'd like to hear your thoughts about how and why it's important to go as a group and why you enjoy it so much the group gives you options uh there's so many people that you can hang out with at any time on the cruise and you find yourself moving from one small group to another to another just to meet them to learn about them and just have fun um, and make the new friends. A larger group makes that possible. I mean, it, it's, it's also following what Jeremy said. You're, you're with a group of somewhat like-minded people with somewhat of the same interests, so it's easier to click with new people, too. Like, you have the same interests, and you just strike up a conversation, and there you have new friends. Like, I consider myself lucky. Pretty much everybody on this uh, show right now I've met either through one of these group cruises or one, one of these events. It's a great sense of community that brings people together and forms like long-term friend relationships. Yeah, and if you want to start a conversation with somebody, you're on a Disney cruise. Just bring up Disney and you're good to go. Yeah. It's very, very well said. And, you know, the thing about – and maybe this is is partial to to our group is everybody's so inviting. You know, it it doesn't matter whether you've been part of our group for – five or six or seven years or this is your first time you ever experienced our group everybody accepts you you know it's just it's a very inviting group and and it lends to just a tremendous amount of fun um you know i know personally i had a friend of mine from college that came on that had not met a a person on this group before that i've been trying to get into the running team and she's already emailed me for the link and she made five or six people that she's friended on Facebook and she hasn't stopped talking about how much fun the cruise was and when is the next event. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoy it for a lot of reasons. First of all, we, we do a lot of hanging out and meeting people Wednesdays in the box and you get to know people by their names. But when you go out and do these group cruises and these group activities, you get to know people face to face and you get to sit down and talk with them and get to know them for, for people like Sue and I, and these are all our clients. It's great to meet people face to face, but it's also like Jeremy said, gives you some options. Like there might be someone in the group who really wants to do the short excursion that maybe your spouse or your family doesn't want to do. So I know that for my husband, he loves to go do the, um, uh, the canopy stuff. Right. And there's always been somebody in the group that says, yeah, I'll go do that because I'm not dumb enough to go a hundred feet up in the air and, you know, fly through in canopies. It's just not fun for me. But the other thing, you also have people who are willing to, to do a Sambuca nightcap with you when somebody else may not be up for hanging out or maybe walk every deck of the ship to find the pizza at 1 a.m. when you know that it's not going to happen. <laughs> but it really does give you that wonderful sense of bringing the community even closer together and meeting people that end up being closer to family than just friends or acquaintances after going on two or three or four of these. 
and you find that you really want to travel to with these people even more in the future. And I think, too, you know, one thing that we do, Becca, is we always have the, the, the lanyards. So it's always so easy to spot somebody else in your group. And I think there's something comforting about that. right? You know that there's always a friend around if you want one because it's so easy to spot other people. So even if you've never met them before, if you're standing online with them somewhere or you see them out, out on deck, you know you instantly have, a, you know, a relationship and a friend on board. Yeah. Okay. Lute, speaking of the lanyards, Castaway Key, we had people speaking with Deanna and others saying, I see all these people with the yellow lanyards on, and they want to know about the group because it looked like we were having so much fun together. Nobody, gave has, them- nobody has more fun than us. You know that. <laughs> That's true. You know, it did. That happened on Castaway Key. I remember when we were all eating lunch that day, there was this group couple we met with their kids from New Jersey. And they couldn't believe the amount of fun and laughter that we had between our two table, you know, between our tables that were side by side. And before we knew it, we were exchanging phone numbers and email addresses because they wanted to know the next time we were doing something because they wanted to do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, even in the dining rotations, you know, when we do it, you know, most of the people, we do the same dining rotation. We're all sort of clumped together like in one section of the room and I love being able to to look out and look over everybody it's like being at a wedding right because you know all your friends and family are there um, and, and I think there's something really neat about us being able to do a lot of things together that we want while still having you know we do a lot of events throughout the day while still giving people time to do stuff on their own and going with a group allows us to do things like have a welcome event and a farewell party and a dance party and taking over the kids club. And look, I don't think there was anybody else other than our group that decided to have a pajama party at O'Gill's and then go and take over the kids club and make flubber at night. (laughs) That was so much fun. And it was. I enjoyed that. I really did. I, I enjoyed doing those those little things that are little. It allows us to be kids too, which is a lot of fun. And you you see some of those people who are kind of they look at you and you say, "Yep, you got pajamas," and they kind of wonder what you're talking about. And then they show up in pajamas slightly, and then all of the cast members are going, "Your people are down over there." And you walk into a bar and there's like uh, 50 people all in pajamas and you have found your people. <laughs> That's right. You just you said it. It allows us to all to be a kid again, right? So it's, mm-hmm. I, I think some of the most fun that we had on this cruise was we had a Star Wars costume contest. And look how many people made and brought costumes, something that they might not have done otherwise. We mm-hmm. had a pajama party. We had the, the kids club thing where... I think the cast member, the council was having as much fun as we were because she was able to be a little bit more free in her jokes, right? Things she couldn't say to the kids. She was doing, <laughs> and I was watching Becky and the guy. I was watching everybody else's reaction as much as I was my my ball of flubber in front of me because watching everybody like explore the club and make the flubber as if they were seven year olds again, like that's what this is all about. And that is what's so much fun because tentatively everyone kind of sat down and what they weren't quite sure what was going to happen to them. Ten minutes in, everybody had their guard down and they were playing along and there was a lot of fun to be had with that flubber. Yeah. So just a couple of last thing I want to touch on because we said sort of 10-ish. I think the, the, the thing about the Disney Cruise and one of the really compelling reasons is because it's Disney, right? And because it's Disney – there's really no worries, right? Your level of expectations are exceeded. I heard so many people say, gosh, I've been on so many other cruises. I've never seen a cleaner ship. 
I've never seen a cleaner stateroom or, or dining areas. The service is exceptional. And I think there's something to be said for that that peace of mind that you get with Disney, right? Because the service is second to none. That's why we go to Disney World. That's why we take adventures by Disney in terms of tours because you know what kind of experience that you're going to get, right? Nearly any, almost everything you could think of is included, right? If you really didn't want to, and maybe I'm going to try this one time, if you didn't want to spend a dime on board, right, for food or merchandise, you could probably do it. Right? You might not be able to do that elsewhere. I mean, there's as much food as you want. You don't need to sort of pay for one of the additional dining experiences, but I think you should. And whether it's soda or coffee or tea, all those things are included. You don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And I think, and I said this, I've told this story a bunch of times. Before my first cruise, I was concerned, how are they going to take this magic of Disney that we talk about and bring it on board the ship? But the, like the second you see it and the second you're on board and as you're walking on board and they say your name and they you can feel it like you get a sense of it. And I think that's an experience that you get nowhere else. And if you've been to World and Land and the other, you know exactly what it is that we're talking about. So I, I would love you guys if you could, if you have any sort of final thought, final comment, something that I missed in terms of a compelling reason to go or why you continue to come back or the thing that you love the most about the ship. Again, ladies first, uh, Becky, Sue, Jeremy, Michael. That's so hard. One thing? There's no way to one, find one you, thing. One thing. I, okay. I, I guess I guess it would be if you're an adult, if you're an adult couple, you don't have kids, don't be afraid to do a Disney cruise if you love the Disney brand. There's enough to do on board. There's enough great experiences. There's a wonderful concierge level if you want to spend the money to have the extra services. It's a wonderful opportunity to be a six-year-old again with a gold card. <laughs> That's probably the best thing I can come up with. Yeah, I'm going I'm to take it from the opposite perspective of that is you can't ask for a better family experience that still provides you with that opportunity to have some alone time where you don't have to worry about, are my kids happy? Um, you know, it, from from top to bottom, they have it covered to where you can have your family time, your couple time, and your kids are thoroughly entertained. Um, it, it's just there's no better family experience that I I think I can I can come up with other than maybe two weeks in Disney World. But you know it, you have to venture out and see other places. Disney Cruise Line gives you the opportunity to go other places besides Florida with still that Disney magic. Well, for me, it's going to be just a cruise itself is just incredibly relaxing. From the moment I get on a ship, one I know work can't contact me. And two, I know I have a set number of days that I can do whatever I want. And the first night I remember Becky was kind of freaking out because I just hit a Zen state that I was just <laughs> completely gone. And I just sat at the dinner table just going, this is nice. <laughs> so, but knowing that everything's taken care of for us, our service will be taken care of great uh, staff that, and that takes care of every aspect of what you need on a cruise. All you have to do is be willing to ask and someone will be willing to help you out, especially at dinners or even in your stateroom, whatever. Just be willing to ask them and they will make sure things are taken care of for you. And they did that throughout our cruise. I mean, and just to 
add to what everybody else is saying, everything they do is delivered at like the highest level of quality with the most amazing level of service. Like anything you want, you can basically have if you ask for it. If it's within their means, they'll deliver it to you. And they'll deliver it to you every night if you want it. So, I think I would just add really quickly that from what you just heard, it pretty much is something for everybody. But I want to add a tip in there as well, Lou, that the number one tip that I could give anybody who wants to book a Disney cruise, book it when it releases. So when the dates release, book it as early as possible. Don't, don't think, well, you know, when it gets closer, the rates are going to come down. That does not happen with a Disney cruise. Please, if you know you're going to book it or think you're going to go, book it early. The, um, uh, the deposit is refundable up until final payment. Typically, unless you're booking concierge, it's a whole nother story. But if you're just booking, grab and lock in that early booking savings because Disney truly does book early and as the ship fills the rates go up yeah and good tip and obviously you can get a free no obligation quote from our friends over at mouse fan travel like Becky or Sue of course you can see see what that's I did right <laughs> nice job nice <laughs> Nice job, pal. And if you missed this cruise and you missed a lot of fun, you know, we didn't, like I said, we didn't sort of recap everything that we did. And I, I am so grateful to everybody who was on board and part of it and, and celebrating as part of my extended family. You know, this was an important cruise, um, not just because it was an excuse to get together with, with friends old and new and to make new friends along the way. You know, we did celebrate the ninth anniversary of the show and, there was nothing like celebrating it with the people that made it happen. Uh, I said at the farewell party, you know, the, uh, the, the celebration of the anniversary has nothing to do with me or WW Radio. It has to do with you, and I'm pointing to you, the listener, and the community that you made uh, and the fact that you afford me the opportunity to just share something that I love and I'm so passionate about with you and the family that I consider you all um, that you guys have created and the community that you, uh, that you have put together. So I am incredibly grateful to and for you for making that happen. And I'm telling you, if you missed this cruise, you missed an amazing time, but don't worry, we are doing it again and again and again we our next e-ticket adventure is going to be this november we're going to leave out of new york for the first time a lot of people i know are in the northeast we're gonna have an event in new york city on november 5th and take a six night cruise on arguably my favorite ship the disney magic the newly reimagined magic from new york to Puerto Rico and then spend a couple of days over the weekend in Puerto Rico as well. You can visit wdwradio.com. Check, click on the events page and find out more. And yes, our friends at Mouse Fan Travel will give you a free new obligation quote. I will see a bunch of you guys in like two weeks in Sue's hometown in New Orleans for our, uh, our next on the road event. We will meet and eat and eat some more. And then some of you guys are going to run the New Orleans Rock and Roll Half Marathon. And if this is as awesome as you guys from New Orleans are saying it is, and I trust that it is going to be, this might be something that we do um, and make it in kind of an annual event. So I'm super excited for that. Visit the events page at www.radio.com for more information or visit facebook.com slash and click on events to find out some other stuff that is coming on board. Uh, Gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, Michael, Jeremy, and ladies, Becky and Sue. Guys, thank you so much, not just for tonight, but for um, a, a cruise that I promise you, for oh so many reasons, I will never, ever forget. And I can't wait to do it all again and again and again. 
That's it? That's you got nothing? <laughs> just, just dead silence? I just drop the mic and walk off stage? Not a problem. Jeez Louise. Thank you, Lou. Pull my heart out and I get dead silence. I know why I know why you like magic. It's what? all about Iron Man, isn't it? It really is. No, listen, this is a whole separate conversation about the, the different sizes of the ships and what they I offer know. and the adult the areas and the pool Can almost areas. do a whole second show right now. <laughs> right now, but... <laughs> I know! Oh, I'm already saving for the next one. And we haven't even talked about the events for 2017 and 18 and 19. You have so many different thoughts on what the events are going to be. I don't even know which direction I'm going in. Well, it technically, we're going in Welcome multiple directions. to my world. Technically, we're going to go west, and then we're going to go more <laughs> west, and possibly then we'll go all the way the other way east. Follow the bouncing Lou. And just keep going. Thanks, Lou. You really cleared Around that Around the world in 80 days with Lou. Ma- <gasps> oh, gosh. <laughs> There may or may not be a couple of international trips in the next couple of years. Maybe Hawaii. Maybe Disneyland. When you decide, will you let me know? Because it'd be nice to have a heads up. <laughs> Announcements coming soon. Announcements coming soon. Hopefully he'll tell you before he announces <laughs> That's kind of my hope, but I'm not holding my But breath. notice there was no surprise 45-hour show announcement on from the stage this year. for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear, and sometimes not just in Walt Disney World, but like last week, out in the movies as well. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So on my last show, we were talking all about Harper Goff and his involvement in the Firehouse 5 Plus 2. And the question that I asked you was, tell me what full-length Disney animated feature pays tribute to that band? And not so coincidentally, it comes from one of my favorite Disney animated films, one that I think is very much overlooked, has incredible music, and is beautifully hand-drawn and also takes place in a city that I think I'm about to fall in love with again as we visit there in just a couple of weeks, which is New Orleans, Louisiana. And of course, I'm talking about The Princess and the Frog. So in 2009, the band was actually paid homage to in the film where Lewis, the jazz-playing alligator, belongs to a group near the end of the film called The Firefly Fly... Wait, say that again. The Firefly... Say that one more time, Lou Mangiello. The Firefly... Third time is a charm. The Firefly Five plus Lou. There you go. You know what I'm talking about. It's so much easier to say the Firehouse Five plus Two. So anyway, I took all of the correct entries. We had nearly a thousand this week. So thanks and congratulations to everybody who entered and got this one correct. And the winner randomly selected and it was playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money book, all the audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, and a WW Radio Magic Band cover is. Alyssa Mercado. So, Alyssa, congratulations. Send me your address. I'll get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's hopefully not-so-tongue-twisting W Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, obviously, I am still very much in a cruise line kind of mood. I've been thinking back on that past week 
basically ever since I stepped off the ship. And I, I love the ship designs, not just in the exteriors, but the interior spaces. And each has somewhat of a different theme and a feel to it. And I love the sort of simple, classic elegance and the design of the ships. And actually, every ship in the beautiful atrium lobbies has a statue celebrating a classic Disney character. So your question this week is to tell me what character statue can be found in the atrium on each of the four Disney Cruise Line ships. You have until Sunday, February 21st at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. This week, you're going to play for the 102 Ways book, all seven of the audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, and I will also send you not one, but two surprise gifts from our cruise last week. I will send you a WW Radio 9th Anniversary Cruise backpack and travel mug. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much, not just for taking the time to tune in this and every week, but once again, the ninth anniversary of this show happened because of and by and for you, because of the community that you've created for the time that you share and invest in the show. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. You should be proud of what you have built, this community and this family around the show. And I am sincerely grateful that you allow me to be a part of it. And I hope that this show has and will continue to have a positive impact on your life and hopefully make you happy wherever you are and with whatever you are doing. Don't forget to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for www.radiolive.com. You can watch and chat with me and others right on Facebook at facebook.com slash Follow me there. Turn on notifications. Also follow me on Twitter at Lumangelo. And I will notify you when I go live, not just every Wednesday, but occasionally throughout the parks and on the road as well. Speaking of on the road and events, don't forget that our New Orleans meet, eat, eat and run events take place February 26th through the 28th. Tickets are on sale now, but ticket sales do end this Friday. So visit the events page at www.radio.com. To find out more and get your tickets, we're going to meet up at Fulton Alley on Friday, Cafe Du Monde on Saturday morning, of course, for some beignets, and then take a cruise on the steamboat Natchez in the afternoon. Then a lot of people will be running from the running team and just from New Orleans at the New Orleans Rock and Roll Half Marathon on Sunday. And because I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, check out the events page for other future events. I'll be in Iowa in April, Chicago most likely sometime in July, and again, our e-ticket adventure in November, and then stay tuned for other events, not just in Walt Disney World, but on the road. Our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is this Saturday. It's Princess Half Marathon Weekend. We're going to meet at my favorite pavilion in World Showcase. We'll meet at Japan at Katsura Grill uh, about 11.30 till about 1 o'clock. Anyone and everyone is invited, so I hope to see you there. You can also find some other conferences I'll be speaking at throughout the year and throughout the country by visiting lumangelo.com and clicking on the speaking page. And if I can come to speak to your business, to your conference, or at your school, you can submit the form there. Again, don't forget to connect with me at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. I am at Lou Mangiello on all the platforms. And if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at wwradio.com, or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. 
Thanks again to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel, not just for sponsoring the show and the cruise and our New Orleans events, but if you need help planning your next Disney vacation or anywhere in the world, visit them over at mousefantravel.com and go to celebrationspress.com and find out how you can get Celebrations Magazine delivered to your door or right to your mobile device. Thank you again to everybody who is part of and a new member of the WDW Radio Nation. I sincerely appreciate the friendship and the love and the support. And if you want to help the show and also get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, access to a private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, backpack, t-shirts, care packages from Walt Disney World, and lots more, visit www.radionation.com. And finally, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links with your friends and in groups over on Facebook. And please rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you. We have more than a thousand five-star reviews. Please keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Mr. P. Body, Jalen's Mommy, Craig from Brooklyn, New York, and Mommy Her. You can visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a link and instructions on how to do it. And finally, my sincerest thanks once again to you for listening, for emailing, for tweeting, for the handshakes and the hugs and the friendship you have extended to me. Thank you for the past nine years. I look forward to the, pe- to the next 9, 19, 90 with you, however long it may be. And I want you to go and do what you love and don't wait for an opportunity. Sometimes you need to go out and make it and take it whenever and wherever you can. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week this week. Thank you again. See ya. Good morning, Lou Angelo and the WDW Radio running team. It's Rob from California, Maryland. We're just seven days away now from the Glass Slipper Challenge and Princess Half Marathon weekend. But can't wait to see you guys there. Have a great weekend. Good evening, Lou Mangello. It's Gabby from Baltimore. Um, just calling in. Um, yesterday, I ran 11 miles training up for the Princess Half Marathon in about two weeks. Um, that's the most I'd ever run, and it was the first time running after spending about a week literally waist-deep in snow here in Baltimore. Um, fortunately, yesterday I had warmed up quite a bit and lots of our sidewalks are cleared. Um, and I ran 11 miles. Who knew? <laughs> um, at the very end, I had told Joe, my boyfriend, hey, meet me outside. I'm coming up to your street. I'm coming back now. And just seeing him at the very end of my run, I thought to myself, wow, if this is how it feels at 11 miles, one person cheering for me, I can only imagine being down at Disney World and running the full 13. I was like, I can totally do this. <laughs> so I'm super excited. I hope everyone's training hard and staying warm. Um, and I can't wait to see everyone in about two weeks at the Princess Half Marathon. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you later, Lou. Bye. Hello, Lou Mancello. This is Darlene Yankee from West Seneca, New York, calling in to say, Welcome back from the Star Wars Day at Sea cruise. Hope you guys all had an amazing time. Loved seeing all the pictures on Facebook. Thank you, Becky Mankin, for posting all those awesome costumes. They were great. I wonder which one Lou was. I can't wait to watch the live broadcast on Wednesday to find out. And I want to 
say uh, we are now 265 days out until our e-ticket cruise adventure. Very excited about that, especially because we're in a snow warning here. It's crazy. Um, and I'm going to say hi to Liam from Buffalo, New York, who said hello to me on um, a previous podcast last week. Um, try to Facebook me on uh, Facebook, message me or something if you um, are on there, and um, maybe we can try to do a meetup with some people here in Buffalo for WDW Radio Group. Um, I'll talk to you all soon. Happy Valentine's Day. Hugs to everyone. Yeah!